But I think the position they're in is like they're scrambling, they're juggling, they're spinning, doing the things that women do, and which is why I created it, right? Because we are caretakers by nature, so we may, we may have uh, older relatives we're taking care of, we may have children, we probably have a job, we uh, maybe want to create, start a business, and never mind that, we're folding laundry. <laughs> you know, we have to like eat prep and, and, and figure out what we're going to feed these humans that we're raising. I mean, it's a lot expected of women and we're supposed to be healthy and well and striving. And I just think it's a lot. And very rarely do women say, like, when was the last time, Christine, someone said to you, Christine, you know, what do you want for yourself? Welcome to Grit and Moxie, where we are celebrating women's witness, fitness and gritness. I'm your hostess, Christine DeSouza. Welcome everyone back to Grit and Moxie. Today I have Amy Goober. She is going to tell us all about her journey that starts with some baked goods and ends in a whole different place. So I'm excited for her to teach us all about her health journey and what she's doing now. Uh, but just to share a little bit more about her, I am going to share her bio. So Amy Goober, her newest program, Drive Your Life, helps women put themselves back on the to-do list, so important, and get into action. Drive Your Life is a signature talk a small group coaching program, a vibrant Facebook group, and soon to be published book. Amy's program supports women to get into the driver's seat of their own lives using a unique five-step process to start moving toward, I'm sorry, to start moving forward. Women are finding success in so many areas, career, health, and wellness, love, relationships, parenting, friends, and activities. Amy has received her BS in psychology from Cornwell, Cornell University. She opened the icing on the cake, a Boston cake bakery at 26 in 1986. She has since sold it, but con it continues to be one of the top bakeries in the Boston area. And as a COPE certified health coach through Villanova School of Nursing, Amy has helped over 600 clients in her seven years of health and wellness coaching. She's reached the level of global director at Optavia. Optavia, am I saying that right? Optavia, but that's Optavia. good. Optavia, being one of the only 2% of 35,000 health coaches at the company. She leads, supervises, and mentors a team of 70 coaches. Amy has moved from bakery founder to stay-at-home mom, seasoned health coach, and now founder of her newest program, Drive Your Life. She speaks on leadership, health, and wellness, and personal motivation topics. Welcome. Welcome, Amy Goober. You are the perfect person to be on this podcast because when I think of grit and moxie, I think of you. I think of someone who has done different things, tried different things, lived life on their terms, right? I'm sure there was, you know, some hills and valleys along the way, right. but, you know, I think you're going to help us understand grit, but then also, you know, the importance of wellness. So, so excited for you to be here. Thank you again so much. And I was excited to find out that we're practically neighbors. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, 
This is one of my all-time favorite work activities is to be a podcast guest. I've done it many times and every time I learn something and it's just fun to share my story. And so I consider it like a great privilege. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So now I'd love to set the stage for our listeners. So I think we got a good amount out of your bio, but where are you now? Now, you know, in terms of your, you know, your family life, like what's your day look like? I know you mentioned you have a 19 year old and then some, so I'd love to hear more about, you know, your personal life, because, you know, really when we're talking about this gritty journey, like that is, you know, a big part of it, (laughs) you know, managing your personal life, your professional life, you know, all of that. Yeah, um, it's so funny when you read the bio, like it just takes me back. So I'm 61 years old right now. So no when you're reading the bio, the bio, I'm like, it almost sounds like it was somebody else <laughs> doing that because it was so long ago. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can start wherever you want, but I can start with today. That's fine. So yeah, so today, so I've been married 33 years and like little spoiler alert, my her, my husband, my only husband, but my husband was with me when I was starting the icing on the cake bakery when I was 26. And he played somewhat of an integral role in all of that. Um, We were just talking about it the other day. So so we've been married 33 years and I have three adult children. My 19 year old is my baby. Um, She's in college trying to navigate uh, college during COVID. And then I have a 25 year old son who is an accountant. And I have a 28-year-old daughter who's engaged to be married and is living in London because that is what uh, they wanted to do that for a few years for some, you know, change of pace and some adventure. So we've got a lot, we've got a lot of irons in the fire in terms of just like yeah. the whole COVID thing. But for me, it's, um, it's amazing. And I was saying to you, because I know you have very, very young children that... Um, <laughs> that those years are very hard um, physically. And then when children get older, it's a little (laughs) more difficult, like emotionally, you know, as they, um, you know, create their own adult lives and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you kind of see what they can do. So that's been just wonderful. And um, yeah, so now I'm, now is my program drive your life. And I guess I would say it started because it's, it's hard to start here and not go back, but I'll go back one. Yeah, one well, we're going to go back. We're going to go all the way yeah, back. <laughs> yeah. So um, Drive Your Life is, uh, is exactly what you said. It's a program I created out of what I felt was a really strong need for women to, um, you know, put themselves on, the, on their to-do list, but more importantly, to move forward. So I have... Um, I have given myself <laughs> the title of action coach. I made that up. Uh, I like that. I don't know. Life coach didn't really do it for me personally. And so really my program is about helping people move forward and giving them the foundation to do that and keep doing it, right? There's lots of things we start and we just don't quite do because yeah. <laughs> things get in the way. So I created a five-step acronym for the word DRIVE, D-R-I-V-E. And um, it's been really a, like a, I say a wild ride and that's sort of like a pun on drive too, but it's been like just so exciting to see what these women, how they start in the uh-huh. first session and how they are in, you know, week 12 and, and what they've accomplished. And they choose one thing in their life because I'm not a firm believer in 
tipping your life upside down and, you know, this big, like transforming. I mean, I think we have to go into the assumption that most people's lives are pretty darn good, but yeah. there's usually one or two things that are nagging at you that you want to change that you just haven't done or can't do alone. Mm-hmm. And that's really what drive your life is about. Wow. That's exciting. So, yeah, I mean, I think women at different stages and different ages, right. In their life, they come to a point where they're like, what's next? Or like, I feel stuck or, mm-hmm. you know, what is, what is the common, what is the, the most common place um, a person is at when they decide to come work with you? Yeah, that's a great, great, that's such a great question. So I'll step one step back um, by saying that in the groups that I run, I mean, one-on-one coaching is obviously very uh, focused on the individual, but Mm -hmm. in the groups, what's so interesting is um, they all are pretty much working on different things. You know, I I don't lump them together. Oh, you are the health and wellness. Oh, you're the, you know, career people. So they happen upon each other and it's a small group of six to eight women. And that is part of the secret sauce is that they are working on different things and they have different things they want to add and encourage and suggest to each other. And a singular win is a group win. And I just see this like happening, you know, they get to know each other over the first few weeks and then they start working on their goal. And when one of them moves one step forward, the whole group lifts up. You know, it's just, it's that rising tide rises all ships, but I really, really see it. And women are so good at that. They are so good at championing each other. But your question was, what's the most common place people are at? I think it's a variety of things, but it's mainly when this idea comes across their feed or they have a friend who's done the program who says, oh my God, you got to do this. But I think the position they're in is like, they're scrambling, they're juggling, they're spinning, doing the things that women do. And which is why I created it, right? Because we are caretakers by nature. So we may, we may have... Uh, older relatives we're taking care of. We may have children. Mm-hmm. We probably have a job. We uh, maybe want to create, start a business. And never mind that, we're folding laundry. You know, we have to like meal <laughs> prep and, and, and figure out what we're going to feed these humans that we're raising. I mean, it's a lot mm-hmm. expected of women. And we're supposed to be healthy and well and striving. And I just think it's a lot. And very rarely do women say, like, when was the last time, Christine, someone said to you, Christine, you know, what do you want for yourself? You know, what, what, how, tell, tell me your five best traits. I mean, maybe it did happen to you, but for the most part, no one's asking us what we want or what would make things better, rarely. So right. th- that's the commonality is someone either has a goal they haven't been able to do for three years they think it's a nice idea to make a connection or they just want to see if they can get going on something. You know, I guess that would be the commonality. Yeah, no, that makes so, so much sense. You know, I mean, I would agree that as women, we, you know, unless we're really convicted about something, it's really easy just to make ourselves last priority. Yes. You know, um, especially, I mean, my, my background is, well, my background is in dance education and performance, but over the last, you know, 20 years, it's been highly um, fitness, right? And the majority of my career, I've worked in corporate fitness centers that serviced, that serviced, you know, career women, Mm -hmm. you know, and men too, of course, but, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of what I've seen where 
one area of their life just will totally consume them, right? And they'll feel like they don't have the right to speak up. They won't have the right to put the boundary. They won't have, you know, they don't feel they have the right to pursue something that they enjoy or that they is a desire of theirs. They don't feel like they have the, the, the right to, you know, in some ways, you know, because of expectations and, you know, either from the workplace or from the home, or sometimes, sometimes it's an assumption. Have, I don't know if you've come across that, but sometimes women have taken their assumptions from history, right? Or from, you know, who, you know, their, their family or who went before them or, you know, wherever it comes from, but sometimes it's, hasn't even been a conversation. It's just been this um, thing that they've absorbed, right? And, and taken on without a second thought because they think that that's the only way. So, you know, the fact that you have this program that helps women decipher that and mm-hmm. take the steps forward, right? And actually take action, which yeah. I love that action coach. It's, yeah. you know, it's well needed. It's definitely well needed. And it sounds like it's being well received as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the response, um, the re- it's really the results. So when I first came up with this idea um, was last year I was turning 60 and I've been a health coach for eight years. So that's sort of another chapter but, uh-huh. and love it and love it and still doing it. And it's amazing and sort of checks off all the boxes of helping people working from home, you know, creating, um, you know, joy and income, you know? And so for me, like kind of all the boxes were checked and I probably would have just kept doing that in a good way. Right. But I was turning 60 and that's been sort of a landmark, you know, birthday for me. And my youngest was moving out to go to college. So it was all within the same month, all of that. You're about to be an empty nester. Yeah. And with, with a big gap of, of where am I going to put that effort and energy? Because my youngest is youngest by a number of years. So we had a lot of time together as if she, almost as if she was an only child. Yeah. So I said, I've got the capacity. What else am I going to do? And my older daughter, who's now 28, who, I don't know, she's sort of been my coach along was like, mom, what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> In, in, in like the most optimistic way, you right. know, she, it's great. You're working under another company, you know, that you're working for them. I mean, within their umbrella, that's great. But like, what, like, what is Amy going to do? It's kind of what she was saying. So I was like, well, I don't know, you know, so she said, who do you want to serve? And so that's sort of how the whole thing came about. But I started, I created a talk last spring and last spring was spring of 2020. Mm -hmm. So I had this great talk and nobody was talking because all the conferences were being canceled. Right. (laughs) And then somebody said to me, well, why don't you write a book? You know, while you're waiting, like for this to pass. Right. (laughs) Why don't you write a book? And I was like, okay. So I wrote a book basically. And I had like really the guts of the, the program, but I wasn't calling it a program, but the process, right. In a book. And when I, I was speaking to editors, right? To, to, Cause I needed somebody to edit it. And one, one editor said to me, well, you know, it would be a lot more impressive if you ran it as a program because it sounds good, but like, what are the results? So I said, okay. So <laughs> I put the book aside in the summer. Yeah. And I just, I kicked up 
I started running programs. So now I've run the program five times and actually now I have two more that just started. So nice. now I have like what I consider to be the results. You know what I mean? Not two people, not five people, but like 35 people, 40 people. So, so I feel better about, I feel confident in it anyway, but now I'm really confident in it because I see the results. Yeah. And that's like the juice, right? Like that's the special sauce of, of, of anything is, you know, it's when you have someone comment back to you and say that podcast meant a lot to me. I really learned something. Or you have a, a client that says, wow, I can fit into these jeans or, you know, whatever your goals are. Like when you, right. When you see that, you're like, Hey, this is working. So that's yes. how, it, you know, puts a little more fire in your belly. Like, Oh wait, this matters. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not just my fun idea. It's actually affecting you know, other people's lives, you know, I mean, I'd say definitely, you know, over time, you know, once I figured out that health coaching is like one of the most direct ways. And I know you're, you know, you're more expansive than just health coaching at this point, but that is one of the most direct ways that you can impact a person's life. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's pretty amazing. It's, it makes you not want to stop, you know? <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So, yeah, and I think um, I'm all about the tweaking of things and I'm all about revision and, and making things better as you go. But to be perfectly frank, I'm not doing a lot of that because I feel like, you know, why fix it if it isn't broken also? You know, the one thing I changed was sort of the setup of the group coaching. I had it in three stages and now it's in two stages, but overall, like, you know, I'm sort of sticking with the content and everything I have because I feel that it's, it has served people. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you've had a lot of experience working with, I mean, over 600 women. Well, yeah. I don't know if it was just women. Well, men and women, but mainly women. Yeah. Mainly. I mean, 600, that's, that's, that's a lot, you know, that's yeah. a great testament. I'm sure that helped you you know, hone your skills. I'm sure you made like adjustments along the way during that period. And now, yeah, you know, absolutely. like reaping the, everyone that's going through your program is reaping the benefits of all that experience that you've had of all those 600, you know, 600 clients, Crazy. <laughs> you know, what works and what doesn't work because it's, it's, it can be challenging because every person, every client is different, right? So it's not always what works for one person is going to work for the next person, you know, right. but you know, it sounds like you've learned how to draw out from, you know, from the individuals, what's going to work from, for them. Right. So. Right. And, and I'm very big on like counting wins. I mean, I just did a group right before we did this recording and I like have them, you know, visualize like a virtual bucket that has wins on it. And mm -hmm. I'm very big on, uh, women, the women I work with counting their wins. Because again, I think as women, and I'll put myself right in there, we're just going and doing and being and looking forward. What else can I do? I didn't get that much done today. Oh, I got so much to do next week. Oh, I didn't get yep. enough done, you know, <laughs> right? And you so- You feel like you're ever sinking, right? In this like swamp of to-dos. <laughs> yeah. And you very, we very rarely pat ourselves on the back. We very rarely acknowledge the wins and the small things we've done and the steps we take, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very big on that. And I think, again, that's something that is lacking in women. And I, you'll probably relate to this, but when my kids were really little and I would take them to the park, right? And they would climb up and go down the slide. What did we say? Great job. Okay. 
they slid down a slide, you know, but great. (laughs) And um, I was a stay-at-home mom for a huge, like 20 years, a huge chunk of years. And I would go home and be like, I wish there was somebody like saying, great job folding the laundry or great job getting dinner on the table. You know, as women, there are, we don't get a lot of that sort of applause from the side. So I try to give that to my clients because they need that. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it in just a, like, you're great. You know, you're great. No, I mean, it has to be um, validated. You know, it's right. based on what they've done and who they are. Something's but I just remind them like, you're, what have you done? You're amazing. So I, I think women really need that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. I will say I do get that sometimes from my daughter. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Specifically, she comments on, you know, what I'm wearing. <laughs> Wow, nice job, mom. I like your outfit. <laughs> but that feels good, right? That yeah. feels good. And you're teaching her well to compliment others. You're doing a great job there because, you know, that's great. You're, she's learning from the ground up to like celebrate what other people are doing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of nice, you know, and and it's so important because, I mean, competition is heavy out there, right? <laughs> Especially now with like social media. Um, obviously she's not on social media, but there will come a day I'm sure where she's going to explore it. Right. Unless, you know, it gets all wiped out, you know, politically, who knows, (laughs) but, um, you know, there's going to be a day where she's come, comes on it. And, you know, right now in the world of, uh, social media, they're saying that social media is a huge contributor to depression in adolescence. Yeah. You know, and so if, you know, if she can't learn now that, this isn't a competition with anybody else, you know, and that we are here to lift each other up. And, you know, not everybody is innately like that. And there are going to be people who are not like that, you know, but that she wants to be one of the ones yeah. that is, you know, not beating herself up because somebody else did good. Right. And you know? yes. And I agree with you. And I think even if it's not depression, let's just say it's a minor side effect of lack of self-confidence. That's huge. We need that. That's our shield for getting through life. And if they start, if social media chips away at that, which I firmly believe it does, that in itself is a terrible side effect of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think too, like one of the things that I do is um, I have people look back on their lives and figure out what are the things they've done what are the roles they've played? What are the jobs they've had? And what are their best traits? And we do a whole thing on that, you know? And I talk about what are you carrying around in the suitcase of you? That's what I call it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's another thing that we don't do. Like, not only do we not like commend ourselves when we do things today, but like we forget. And that's how really this whole thing of looking back on when I started my bakery. I mean, that was decades ago, decades. So yeah, let's talk about this. Let's oh, talk okay. about this. Yeah. Well, but what I was going to say is just that that's how I started thinking about that. And like, what did I, what did it take for me to do that? And I still have that. Like, that's not like something I borrowed from a friend. Right. The grit right? and the confidence. It's the grit. Yeah. That was my grittiest. <laughs> that was my grittiest moments was that. Um, yeah. So I moved to Boston after. In the college. bakery is your grittiest moments? Yes. So hard hardest thing I ever did. So I moved to Boston after college with my best friend and we were like, oh, like it's a young city. Like we'll just live here for a year, you know? And I got a job at an ad agency as a secretary with a pretty good college education. I don't mind saying that's what women were doing in 1981. 
you started as a secretary. You're typing somebody else's letter, you're answering somebody's phone, you're taking a message, like that is like the level that I was at. And I was grateful for the job and it was a great environment, but I was like, okay, seriously, you know, I'm really not doing anything. So I worked my way up for four years and I got to this account executive level, loved that. And I thought, this is it. And then I was like, nah, you know what? Like, I don't think this is it. So you even had a career before your big career. Yes. yes, yeah. And that was the level I wanted to get to, but I still felt at that time, like advertising was so male dominated. Like I would be like shaking in my boots to go in and ask for a raise to like the man, the big man that was at the top of, you know, it was just, so I said, nah, this isn't really for me. And I had been cake decorating. So like from the time I was like a little girl, I did cake decorating with my mother. Not that she was a cake decorator either, you know, but there was like a thing we did. And then I really got into it. So my whole like life up to that point, I was like, I had my cake decorating stuff mm -hmm. with me and I made cakes. I mean, that's just something I did on the side. So I'm at this ad agency and I took a class in cake decorating in Cambridge. And then I taught a class at the Boston Center for Adult Education. Like I went to them and said, I think that, you know, <laughs> and you did. Yeah. And I did. And every class ended up with a cake. That was a real cake. Right. And I was living either with one friend or alone. So I would bring the cake to the ad agency, whatever it was. And so that created all this buzz. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. So people like you should open a bakery. You should have your own bakery. So most people would be like, you know, fucking no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, huh, what a great, <laughs> what a great idea. So I was 26 and I remember like calling my mother and saying like, I think this is what I'm going to do. And she said, well, um, you know, do you think you should like work with someone on a business plan? Oh no. I said, I, you know, is this I had my kids? What? Yeah. Single. I was single. Yeah. I had no business experience. So a business plan seemed like a huge obstacle to have to do that. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And she said, how about working at, why don't you get a job at a bakery for a couple of months? Like, so you can learn. Nope. I said, no, I, I, I literally said, I'm not giving them my ideas <laughs> at 26. So long story short, I opened this bakery and it was, I knew nothing, nothing, you know, totally undercapitalized. I knew nothing. And it was really, it was seven years that was so, so, so hard, but I did it and I built it from nothing. And it was all decorated cakes, like cake boss, mm -hmm. no cookies. It was no croissants. It was big cakes. We did Ted Kennedy's birthday. We did a huge wow. cake for the United Way's 50th anniversary. We did a cake for the Celtics. I made a 3D sneaker, Larry Bird. I mean, I'm going way back. Wow. So we, big, big, big cakes. Cakes for a thousand people for the um, New England Aquarium did a big event. Oh, goodness. oh yeah. Bay Bank, a big, big stuff and, and weddings and you know, other things. But anyway, so um, yeah, so that was a wild, wild. So I did that for seven years. And in the meantime, got married and had my first child and said, okay, I now want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, I need a break. I thought that was going to be a break, haha. Um, but yeah, so it was really important to me because I was raised by a stay-at-home mom and that was just something I really wanted to do. So I sold my bakery to two of my employees. So the Beautiful. footnote... Is. And it was super successful too. Yes. So with you know. Yeah. Yep. And diving so, right in. Yeah. And so the footnote is that. So that was um, in 1986. I started. I sold it in 1993, and there are still four employees that have been there the entire like whatever 34, wow. 35 years. And 
uh, the two that bought it and then two other decorators like that I had hired. So to me, like wow. to even provide employment for that, you know, like that makes me feel great. And the bakery is great and has great reputation. So, you know, yeah. So that, that was why we could do a whole show on cakes, but we won't. Now, how, how did you get it to be that successful? I think that's like the thing that everyone wants to know, right? Like when you go into business as an entrepreneur, you're like, you don't know if it's going to work, but you believe in it. And then you start going forward. Right. And then you got to figure out how to make the engine run. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I really think it was grit. I mean, I love that that's what you're calling, you know, grit and moxie. It was just grit. It was just plowing forward. It was one foot in front of the other. And I really did not know what I was doing. I mean, I had been making cakes out of my apartment with a little KitchenAid mixer. Like for most women, the KitchenAid is like the big mixer on their counter. Right. <laughs> I went into, I mean, this is hysterical. I have stories upon stories. I went into like a restaurant and commercial restaurant equipment store in the North End on Washington Street. Yep. Walk in and they say, you know, how can we help you? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm opening a bakery. Like, what do I need? Can you imagine the sales guy must have been like, wow. I, got, we <laughs> I mean, I had to buy like a mixer that stood on the floor. He said, you're going to need a mixer this size. I was like, what? You know, I could have fit in the mixer. I mean, it's yep. just things like that. So I just kept going. I, I really did a combination of bakery and marketing. And there wasn't, you know, how many bakeries are marketing themselves? But I did, I did. We did wedding shows, wedding expos. We sent out postcards. There was no internet and no computer, none. No computers, like picture it. You can't even picture it, right? So there's no way for somebody to find you unless you mailed them a postcard in their mail. Like we did mailings. I mean, nobody was doing, you know. Yeah. People don't even do that now. Mailings, we did bridal expos for, we served cake to a thousand people all the time, multiple times. And I created a system and I hired decorators. And here's like a business tip that people may or may not know. You really should be working to the highest level of your ability as an entrepreneur, right? Uh -huh. So I started doing all of it. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I don't need to be baking the cakes. So I hired a baker. And then I was like, well, I don't need to be icing the cakes. So I hired an icer. Yep. And then I, was like, I really need to be marketing. So I hired a decorator. You know, and, and if as a business owner, you're not willing to delegate those things, you can't grow, right? right. So, but I just did it. I don't, honestly, I don't know how. I, I mean, it was just... And, and we took on big, huge things. Like I, we were renting cars and hiring people for like bank openings and wow. we did crazy stuff. And the wedding cakes were very high end, not intentionally, it wasn't my goal, but I made these handmade icing flowers that I had learned how to make. So it, it was the Ritz and the Four Seasons. And, and I had this little rinky dink space you know, and the mothers yep. would come in and say, you know, I'd like to speak to the owner. And I was like 26. I had my icing on the cake t-shirt and a ponytail, no makeup. <laughs> and they would say like, we'd like to speak to the owner. And I was like, hi, you know, and by the end of the appointment, they would be saying like, Amy, what do you think? What's your advice? Because I didn't look the part, but I knew the part. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just go, just do it. I, I my biggest piece of advice to anybody with anything they want to do is just do it because get help. If you need help, get help, you know, but do it because I really think the things in life that we regret are the things we don't do. Yeah. Now what about your risk, right? Because we're all about getting gritty until we have to risk something, right? So, you know, 
how much, like what percentage of risk would you say you had to endure, you know, to do, to do the things that you you've done? Big risk, always huge risk, always. I mean, the bakery was probably the biggest risk because it was a brick and mortar. Right. A lot of finance. I had to invest money. You know, that was the biggest financial risk, Um, but I was single. So, you know, I missed out on some social things because I was crazed uh, with uh, running a weekend oriented business. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest risk is like risk of self. You know, like ego, I mean, you mean, or what? Ego or energy? Yeah. Or? Well, you, yeah, I mean, I don't think of myself as thick skinned at all. Like if you said something now that was like not so complimentary. I, my feelings might be hurt. Like I don't have a thick skin. Uh, it would probably have served me better if I did, but I don't, but I do have the drive. You know, what I do have is, is the goal setting and the drive and I just go. And I think, I think the biggest risk is like, look, look at drive your life, for example. Right. I came up with it. I thought it was a good idea. And now I'm running this program. Well, you know, so far so good, but you know, maybe it's not for everybody and maybe Mm -hmm. people, who knows what people are going to think. And so I do every day wonder like, gosh, I, I hope, I hope people are happy with this, you know? And so yeah. right, you're putting yourself out there. So that's what I mean by risk of self. Like, you know, you sometimes have to lift yourself up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's great that you said that on here because I think a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, just women in general are thinking that, you know, I, I have even thought about like, <laughs> my my daughter's four my son is two and you know sometimes I'm like okay sometimes I feel like I'm doing a lot yes. right I feel good I feel good about myself you know most days yeah. but every now and then I think my daughter's gonna grow up and she's gonna like see things for what they are <laughs> mm-hmm. she's you know she's gonna be more like She's going to see my downfalls and, you know, the great things as well. And so sometimes I'm like, oh man, I got to get it together. You know what I mean? Um, even though like on a daily basis, I, I feel good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But when you sometimes like there's a perspective that sneaks in from somewhere, makes their way in and kind of like infiltrate your, your mindset and you just got to clean it up real quick. Right. Yeah. So we talk about like the voices in your head and you know, we all have them. You can't do this. What are you crazy? You'll never take this on. There's no, that's not, people aren't going to like that, whatever the things are. Mm-hmm. And we all have those voices. And what I recommend with the women I work with is acknowledge the voices. I hear you. You know, I hear you saying I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but acknowledge it, which that quiets it right there. And then your voice has to be louder. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. And if I don't, I don't. Like we talk about failing forward. Right. When things, look, it's never, I call it, I mean, you'll appreciate this as a young mom. I call it the game of shoots and ladders. That's what life is. You're climbing up the ladder and things are going great. And then you hit a rough patch and there you go down. And then you go up and go down. The key is to be keep going because exactly uh, if you don't keep going from a down, you miss the up. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is self-propulsion. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a really great note <laughs> for us all to take, right? Because sometimes we're waiting around for some big break or, you know, yep. something to change or to be ready or for that mm-hmm. Monday, next Monday, next Monday, next Monday, we have a little, uh, 
you know, I think everybody has that joke in their house, right? Oh, after they have a big meal, Monday, Monday, right? I'm going to start over on Monday. <laughs> well, and, and I think, I think the other thing too, about getting into action is once you start getting into action, it's easier to stay in action. It's that Sir Isaac Newton and object in motion stays oh, yeah. in motion. So I just encourage people to start step-by-step, step, small steps, count your wins, keep going, get support, get help, or do it yourself, you know, if, you, if you're so inclined, um, but don't not do it. You know, whatever the it is. If That's the it never is, the answer, right? If the it is provide healthy meals for your family once a week, do it. You know, if the it is clean out your basement, you know, do it. You don't have to do it all at once, but, and if the it is start a business, do it. If the it is have a bigger family, do it. You know, those things. And even if it isn't the way you envision, at least you've done it. And if you don't do it, then that, I believe that is where the regret comes in. And if you start doing it, whatever it is, and midway through you say, now, you know what, this isn't really what I want, or I don't have the bandwidth now in my life to do this. And you stop doing it. I'm still cheering you on there. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. That happens. But um, I really encourage people to just get it going. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really is. Can only go through, right? Yeah. And the obstacle is the way, you know? And yeah. so when the obstacles come, you go over it, through it or around it. Or sometimes the obstacle is so big that you stop what you're doing. And that's even okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And don't push things off forever. That's all. Mm -hmm. So now you have this period of time where you raised your, your kids and then you're like, Oh, I want to be a health coach. Yeah. So forget the cakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So no. So I was a stay at home mom for like 20 years and I had struggled with my weight my whole life. I was actually overweight as a, in high school. So hmm. that's decades to try to undo that. So in 2013, I once again was trying to lose weight, like, because I was always trying to lose weight. And so I was 53 when I started health coaching and I found this program and I had great success with it. I was in menopause. It's impossible to lose weight in menopause. I don't care what anybody says. It's so, so, so hard. And I lost 10 pounds. And I was like, okay, this is great. And I had been a stay at home mom. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to see what this health coaching is about. Cause I believed in the program, you know? Mm -hmm. And I started like, just started. I, uh, one of my kids was in middle school, one in high school and one was in college. So anyway, long story short, I created like a full-time health coach practice from that. And that really fueled me for years and years and years, like the need to help people, the need to make my own schedule, which I did, the mm -hmm. need to never miss anything. Like I would not have been able to be in an office because I didn't want to miss one pitch one dance number. I had my older daughter was an actress. Like I didn't want to miss one. Re I just did not want to, one party, one get together. You know, yep. I have huge FOMO. That's probably one of my biggest. FOMO. <laughs> um, or maybe so, an asset. Yeah. So, so I, I loved that. And that was really, and I learned a lot because I'm like really a lifelong learner. I, I was trained. It was a lot of personal development, you know, all those great things. So that's how that came about. I don't know that I would have done that if I wasn't under the umbrella of a already existing program. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, but, it, and that's how I learned how to have a virtual business because that was not fricking mortar. And now drive your life. I'm learning how to have a virtual business where I have to create everything. Yes. You know, under the umbrella of a big company, click, sent my newsletter, click, 
set up my website. You know, now it's like, I got to make a way. You know? It's yep. a lot of, this is more from the ground up. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But it makes you appreciate that as well. Right. But now, um, do, do the two work synergistically? Yes, I think so. Because I have some health coach clients that can choose to come to drive your life or not. Yep. And I have some drive your life clients that can choose to, who are interested in weight loss. And even if never the twain shall meet, it's fine with me. Like they're not, I don't consider them melded necessarily. You yep. know, it's really two separate businesses. Yeah. You know, and that really so far works for me. It's all from home. It's all by phone, computer, you know. So it, 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 it works for me and, I, and I'm learning, you know, so I'm learning on both sides. So I like that. Do you ever miss the baking? Not once, no. <laughs> well, I don't miss, we bake all the time. I don't miss owning a bakery is what yeah. I say. You know, every year that my kids, at their birthdays, we would make these really cool cakes. And um, I actually, my daughter got engaged um, a little under a year ago and we went to the icing on the cake and she picked out her wedding cake. So that was like unbelievable. unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, we do baking here and we do cake decorating, but it's like for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not for work. Oh different vibe right <laughs> yeah so that's why I don't miss it but I don't miss owning a brick and I, that's just very hard I <laughs> don't miss that yeah it's a it's a lot it's it's got to be a lot I've never owned a a brick and mortar anything but I I have tried my hand in baking um I have a line of Italian gluten-free um desserts wow I didn't and know that so I I was doing that at like farmer's markets and things like that up until, you know, through my pregnancy with my daughter. And then I was like, <sighs> I need a minute, you know, um, it's resurrecting again. It's going to be coming back hopefully in the form of uh, box mixes. Oh, wow. All right. Well, we have to stay in touch. I want to hear about that. Okay. That's yeah. Um, but it. yeah, I, I feel you on, on, um, you know, like when you have to bake it, it's a little different and it is the most exhausting thing ever when you're on your feet for that long baking. I don't know if people realize just how hard it is. Yes. And the cake decorating is so time. So it's such a time suck. <laughs> it's very, very time consuming, but um, it's very, it's rewarding. I'm a very creative person. So the visual of that was very exciting to me, but I, you, you have to stay in touch with me on that. I want to hear what happens with that, with the box mixes. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a, <laughs> it's a something new. <laughs> you know what? It's great to have something new, whether you can put 10 minutes a week in, you know, or 10 mm -hmm. hours a week, it doesn't matter you know, you've got, it's exciting to you. And that's mm -hmm. important. Now, another question I like to ask is, do you think people are born with the grit mentality? Do you think it's like part of you? Like have, when you were a child, were you like that? Like very persistent, uh, you know, like not get knocked down or like get up every time you get knocked down or, you know, because it's so interesting, you know, as you're watching your kids grow up, you can mm -hmm. see certain tendencies, right? And of course you want to like shape them and groom them and everything, but I'm just yeah. curious, like what your, what your thoughts are on that. If That's it's learned or. That is a great question that no one has ever asked me. I love that question. So here's what I think, um, just looking back at my own life, I think that our circumstances often shape us. So you're born the way you're born. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I totally, I, I think it's more 
nature than nurture. If I had to, you know, if somebody like gave me a lie detector test, I think a lot of it is sort of how you come out. But I think, I think I was always a leader, like, and a little bit bossy, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I remember you were like, one of those kids, <laughs> you know, well, and like, I mean, I was an orchestrator, like I would set up parties and organize things and yep. like create a play and give everyone their part, uh-huh. like bossy, I guess in that way. But, um, I, I have a thin skin as I told you. So, but my father died when I was 15. So mm-hmm. I was a sophomore in college and my father literally got sick and died. Oh. And so I had to bounce back from that, right? I mean, I had to, I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise you're curled up in a ball under your cover. So yeah. I think that maybe really created the grit. I went to a difficult college. I, I went to I went to study abroad in London during college, which everybody does now. Nobody did it. Even Cornell did not have a program. Nobody, the kids weren't doing it. I mean, it was so long ago. It wasn't a thing. So I had to find a program. I mean, so I think, I think, yes, you know, I moved to a new city. I had to get a job. So I think, I, I think, yes, not so much the bouncing back up, but like the drive. I think you're born with it, but I do think you can develop it. You know, um, and I think that resiliency is the most underrated trait ever. And if you can raise resilient kids, Uh that is going to hold them in the best stead for their lives. You know, it's, hey, that happened. Okay, what are you going to do now? Don't not ignore, don't ignore, you know, we can't, we can ignore what happens, right? Right. But I think resiliency is huge. How are you going to come back from this? And you know, I mean, I've, I've, my kids have faced personal challenges in a lot of different areas and I take them a little while, but they come back from it. And I think that's a huge lesson you can teach your kids. Do they have it inside to start with? Hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully, but I, I you know, I, I think a lot of it is the way you're born and then the environment you're in. So when you're talking about your daughter and she's watching you and what is she going to see, you know, I, my reply to that is she sees somebody who's good most days, which you said, happy most days, which you said, and who's like living a very full life, right? Is with her kids, is working in a business, you know, those are all great, great things. Uh And that's what she's going to see. Yeah. She's not going to see your, you know, the time you burned the dinner and the time, you know. My dirty floors. (laughs) I once forgot to pick up a whole carpool of kids at dance. <laughs> Speaking of dance, I literally like forgot because I was with two other kids with my two other kids. <laughs> I mean, I left, you know, so uh, that was a, that was a, that was a low moment. Of <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, you know, what you, what you said in the beginning about, you know, all everything that women have on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, but I think for the most part, we can do it with grace, right? Yeah, as long as we, like, are kind to ourselves. Like, I'm, I'm not a, I say women are serving, serving, serving. Yeah, and we love that. Like, that is our jam. Like, yeah. we, <laughs> I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just right. saying don't forget about yourself in the mix. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing that was encouraging that you said was that um, that you started this like change in your career at 52, 53, 53. And then, you know? and then, and then 61. 
and then 61. I mean, well, first of all, I would have never guessed your age ever. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think that that is going to be so encouraging to women, you know, because yes. sometimes you think, oh, you have to pick something, you do it, you don't like it. But I put in all this time. I've already invested myself. This is what I know. I don't really want to shake the waters too much. Right. But I, you I, can. And you're well, proof of that. Yeah, I love that you said that. And it's not like I've done like 20 different things. You know, I had a bakery for seven years. I was a stay-at-home mom for almost 20 years. Yep. I've been a coach for eight years. So I don't consider myself like flitting around necessarily. Right. right. But um, one of the things that I really hope my adult daughters get, I don't think they get it now, which is fine, but I want them to be able to look back when they're older and say, boy, my mother started a new business at 53, which sounds old, right? And then at 61 or 60, because they know that there's no one path. And my mother's had a path like that. They know that you don't have to pick one thing. And if you put pressure on kids to pick one thing, Mm -hmm. They're probably not going to pick the thing. There's no way they don't know enough. Right. You know, so, I, I, so I'm so happy you brought that up. And I hope people realize that, that you can do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And what, what I don't advise, and I said this before, is not trying things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you can try things and go back to what you were doing. And that is a win. That's a success. Yep. I tried this, but really... I, I really, really like what I was doing before. Go keep doing it, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're ever too old to do something new. Yeah. And, and I think too, when you remind yourself of that, right. it takes the pressure off your day. Like just when you're thinking of just your one day, like you were saying before, like all of the things that we have that we want to get done in a day, right? We're trying to like rush through everything, mm -hmm. trying to be as productive as possible. Not that there's anything wrong with being productive, but everyone loves to be productive, right? And you, you do get that oxytocin when you cross something off your list, right? I'm not saying that that part's not true, right. but when you have the thought like that you're running out of time all the time and you're always feeling like you're running out of time, like when you think about it, yeah, life, life goes by, you know, it can go by fast in some moments, but at the same time, nobody's promised tomorrow. Okay. I know, I know that's true, but at the same time, when you're inspired by other people who have done things later in life, you don't feel as much pressure on yourself to like do everything right now. Right. You know, right. exactly, exactly. And even I, I'm a very comparative by nature. That's just who I am. And I think mm -hmm. that can be a blessing or a curse. Um, but, you know, I look at other coaches and I'm like, ah, look at their presence. And that one's on, you know, Good Morning America. And look what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I just started this program last year, you know. So you sometimes have to like get the, the you know, the bird's eye view of mm -hmm. what's happening too to yeah. give yourself some, uh, to allow yourself to sort of be where you're at. But um, I agree with you. Like you right now could be like, you know what? I really love what I'm doing, but you know what? I just realized, you know, if 20 years from now, I don't know how old you are, but if 20 years from now, I want to try something different or 30 years from now, I want to try something different. I can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you do you, but don't get swallowed up in it if you don't like it. Oh, right. Yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that's a, that's a great reminder. So like when my kids don't go down for their nap and I lose that two hours of productivity time, I'm not going to lose my mind. Even though for a second, I might be like, well, I guess there goes that plan. <laughs> but, you know, got to readjust. But yeah, that's, it's really great. And you're doing the most difficult work there is, in my opinion, you know, which is the raising of young raising children. of the kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard and really important. So you know what? That's what you're doing. And anything else yep. you do, in my opinion, is gravy. And it, that the fact that you're doing yeah. these other things, I applaud you. That's, you know, amazing. So don't be too hard on yourself because you're doing a lot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you're doing the best you can. And you're doing it really well. So oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you have to know that. You really have to know that. Ah, thank you. Appreciate that. So one final question that I like to cap things off with. <laughs> what are the three things or one thing or, you know, whatever amount of things <laughs> that you wish you knew when you started your journey? So if you were, you know, talking to your daughters, like what, what's the main thing? I know you mentioned that, you know, you want them to know that they can, you know, start over and recreate their life over and over. Um, is that the one thing or is there something else that you feel like if I knew this when I was younger, this is what I would have wanted to know? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the best lessons that I've learned, and I said this before, but I'll repeat it because I think this is really important, is the things in life that we regret are the things we don't do. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, um, it took me a while to learn that, mm -hmm. even though it sounds like I just did whatever I thought was a good idea, but it took me a while to learn that. So I think that's really important. I also think it's, it's be true to yourself. Don't worry about what everybody else is or is not doing. And I think that's a hard lesson to learn young when you're young. Yeah. Um, but I, and by that, I mean, like, do what feels right to you. Don't do what doesn't feel right to you and don't worry about it. And I think that is a great thing we can instill in our children, especially our daughters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then I guess the other thing is like, try to have fun because eventually if it's all drudgery, you know, what is it all for? So right. at some point there has to be some positive and fun in it or do something else don't get don't get you know stuck in a job or a career mm -hmm. that is really draining you because chances yeah. are there's something else right over there that would be better yeah wow well this has been a very <laughs> encouraging inspiring um talk hearing all about your journey so i really appreciate you sharing it i am feeling full and i hope our listeners are feeling full and excited, <laughs> excited about life. So I think we need that for sure in this, especially in, you know, 2021, mm -hmm. beginning of 2021, right? Started off a little crazy worldwide, but you know, when we hone it in and start to think about, okay, well, that's that, you know, what can we, how can we make the quality of our life amazing? Right. And so I think that this, this talk that I've, I've had with you has really uh, helped push us in that direction. So Thank you again so, so much. Amy Goober, where can we find you? 
Yep. So you can find me. Um, I have a great Facebook group called Drive Your Life. So you can uh, ask to join that and join us. Um, and we're about to do a great giveaway. We do a lot of really fun challenges and things in there. Um, I'm on Instagram, amygoober.driveyourlife. Um, on LinkedIn as Amy Goober and um, more to come. But yeah, I, I love for people to reach out. You know, so if you're listening to this and you just want to connect, you can even private message me on Facebook and I will reply. All right. I love to uh, meet new people. Perfect. And all of her information is going to be right below. So she should be easy to find. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. And we will stay connected. So until next time. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Grit and Moxie. If you want to hear more, please do subscribe and share this with your friends and head on over for another Dosa de Sosa at ChristineDeSosa.com. Thank you and I'll see you next time.